I think when I do that, uh, people flourish and they feel the responsibility and you really appeal to the goodness in people by doing that. Do you know the secret behind a successful team? In this podcast, dream teams share their powerful collaboration and reveal how they turn today's ideas into tomorrow's solutions. Discover the story of change makers who share their innovative journey with our host, Travis Shepard. This is Dream Teams. R&D intensive startups require a high-end laboratory space where they can advance their processes and develop their products. However, the costs for such a laboratory are very high and tend to be prohibitive. Spark 904 found the solution shared laboratory space and also expertise. They teamed up with the University of Amsterdam chemical researchers and started Open Kitchen Labs. Mona Lisa Goswami is the director and Anna Luzaich. Yes, close. it's Anna Luzaich. It's very close, yeah. Very close. Okay, yeah. thank you. Mm-hmm. Account manager from uh, Spark 94 and today they're going to share their secrets for success. Welcome uh, both of you. Thank you. Before in this this podcast is called Dream Teams. So uh, before you introduce yourself, talk a little bit about your background. Uh, what's your favorite de- dream team or what do you imagine when your dream teams? Uh, I, I spoke, I've spoken before about the 92 uh, Barcelona U.S. Uh, men's basketball team, which were dream teams the title comes from, I think. Uh, today, I'm going with Avengers. Uh-huh. Avengers is another <laughs> dream team, literally. So yeah. It's quite the spectrum, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah, yeah. I keep it different, right? keep it interesting. Uh, so I, I'm going to start with you and, uh-huh. and give a little bit of, of who you are and, and your idea of a dream team. Oh, that's a good question. Um, since I really like sports and really feel at home doing any kind of sport, okay. I would have to choose Formula One. Max Verstappen crosses the line. A long, long really? Line. Yeah. Okay. I also really like driving and I think I'm a really good driver uh, for a woman. So <laughs> not going to go there at all at yeah. all I'm not going to touch that. So uh yes I would choose formula 1 I would really like to work in a in a paddock uh in a formula cool. 1 team. Uh, really interesting because most people don't think of formula 1 as being a very team sport but it absolutely is. It There's absolutely so m- is. There are so many people behind a driver so I really admire it and Awesome. Yeah, I would see myself there. Um uh, Lisa, I'd ask yeah. you the same question. Yeah, I think I have to go for I don't know how many people she has in her team, but Angela Merkel. Wir haben so vieles geschafft. Wir uh, of course, people know her as, as a politician, as a foreign policy uh, guru, but she is also a chemist. I mean, she has a PhD in chemistry wow. and, and then she went ahead and became the chancellor for Germany. So whatever team is behind her, I, I would love to be a part of that team. Yeah. That's another really interesting, <laughs> again, uh, sort of a, a person that you yeah. think of is sort of on their own in some ways, but there's absolutely a team, which yeah. which I'm starting to sense a, a bit of a theme as well, is there's there's always a team behind a lot of these these yeah. successful people uh, yes. out there, for yes. sure. W- with that, l- tell me a little bit about, about Open Kitchen Labs. Yes, yes. Uh, Open Kitchen Labs is a bit of a dream project for me because uh, uh, when I started Spark 904 in 2018, it was uh, really from the idea that we have to make chemistry and science and infrastructure and technology more accessible to people. So we started with how can we share research infrastructure? And Open Kitchen Lab is like taking that to the next step. So how, like, 
of course you have high tech equipment, but we found out that startups don't even have a safe lab space that they can work from. So oh. they're doing things in their kitchen, in their garage, and and that's where also the name is inspired from. So it's open kitchen lab. It's it's open. It's shared. Everyone's welcome. So I feel like doing this kind of research in your kitchen might be a little dangerous. Also, it right? Is, it is. It is absolutely is. Uh, I really see it as poverty in, in, in scientific research and it clashes with the idea of startups you have in your head because right. you think startups attract so much investments and they're going to save the world but how are they going to do it if they're not empowered with the things that they actually need to uh, solve those problems because believe me not every problem can be solved with a digital app right so you can't <laughs> no oh, come on I, I love that concept also is not only is it a space because i think space and having access to equipment and all those types of things is just part of the, the equation but it's mm-hmm. also uh expertise it's viewpoints yes. it's perspectives that you bring yes. as, as part yes, of it as well yes so we really try to bring uh, every aspect of the ecosystem from science park uh in that place so the expertise of the researchers research groups but there's also a lab manager on site every day to sort of your body to talk about the experiments you're going to do but we also notice that when startups work together they also share ideas amongst each other and the energy so you're continuously surrounded by uh, like-minded people entrepreneurs uh, in in the science and technology sector so it's it's a great environment yeah that's amazing sort of a community that people can share yeah. ideas share concepts those, yeah. those types of things yeah yeah, uh, yeah, very cool. Um, and I, I, your title is account manager, but I don't think that does justice to all the things that, that you do. Yeah, I would agree. Definitely <laughs> doesn't do justice to all the things that I do. Well, I'm primarily uh, involved with Spark Nano Four, so I work as a researcher and account manager and business developer at Spark Nano Four. So, so account manager and researcher feel like very opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah, it does feel like that. But um, when you're involved in this kind of situations every day, it does overlap, to be honest, because we are working with chemistry and I'm a chemist. So I can easily switch between talking talking about chemistry and trying to solve a chemical problem Mm -hmm. to thinking about, okay, how am I going to expand the services? How am I going to market it? Um, How am I going to attract new clients and talk to a new client? So it was a very, I would say, natural role for me as well. Learning new skills uh, and and translating those skills into a new space or new um, company or new group it can be a little frightening or or intimidating. Do you want to tell me a little bit about what how that when you learn these new skills, the first time you rolled them out, what did, how did that experience go? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I had all the skills uh, for a chemist, but uh, none of the skills for a, a business entrepreneur, I would say. So <laughs> Really? Because uh, those seem so close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're very close indeed. Uh, so yeah, indeed. Um, one thing that I've learned, that I've heard is um, when you enter a room of people and you are trying to um, offer something to them or sell, be aware that you are probably the one who knows most about it. Mm. And that's what I always try to tell myself. Just just be calm, you know, and uh, you got this. And, and the other thing is uh, everyone likes to talk about themselves. So just try <laughs> to listen and identify their needs and identify what, what you could offer them. And I, I think that's um, a recipe for success. Uh, in that sense. Uh, and Mona Lisa, I'd, I'd ask you the same question as well is when you, you started to think about Open Kitchen Labs and, and Spark 904 and what are some of the, the challenges that are out there that you could address? I think you had a, a pretty specific example as yeah. well. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. So when I was doing my PhD, uh, just like Anna, for me, it was clear as well, as much as I love doing research, uh, it was not uh, fulfilling all the needs I have uh, as a person. And a lot of it has to do with communication with others. It can be quite isolator experience when mm. you're doing research. And for me, just, you know, to know how the world works, uh, uh, how is it to go out there and, and, and tell people what is it that you do in simple words. Uh, and uh, the idea of Spark 904 simply came from the observation that when I was doing my PhD, I was the sole operator of an equipment that costs about half a million. <laughs> and I'm not the only one with that experience, right? So this is, in, in a way, the prerogative of the first world countries. We do have a lot of infrastructure, yeah. thankfully. And the contrast for me was very big because I come from India. And when I did my bachelor's there, mm. uh, it was <laughs> very, very different. <laughs> there wasn't such an equipment in 500 kilometer radius, right? So I thought, you know, People have to know uh, the resources they have. They have to be more judicious about it. And we have to connect others who don't have access to that equipment. So making this connection uh, led to enough challenges uh, with starting Spark 904. And so then the question I have to ask is, what piece of equipment costs half a million? <laughs> oh, it's not even the most That's expensive like <laughs> one. I was in a meeting that on Monday where we were discussing buying an equipment which costs four and a half million. Yeah, so the machine, it's, it's called uh, EPR, Electron Paramagnetic Resonance. And it basically measures free radicals, right? So free okay. radicals are things which will cause aging, uh, which leads to unwanted reactions, etc. They're very tricky to detect. And this machine can detect them. And you can measure how much and what type. These are, 500,000 euros in that context is not even that huge sum no, of money. Wow. No, no. But it's still inaccessible to a lot of... of it is, absolutely. Because uh, what, you, what, ha what happens when you start doing a really... Uh, specific research is that the number of people doing it is, is becomes lesser and lesser and lesser because mm -hmm. it's so specialized, right? But often you can use that same equipment to do other types of work and research only if you explore it, only if you make it available to others, if you're willing to share. And that, that willingness to share is something that I guess uh, from Spark 904, we're trying to uh, accelerate uh, every single day. Now with Spark 904 and, uh, from what I understand, it's a it's a pretty small team, and 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 you talked a lot about sort of having different roles and and and, and playing a lot of different different parts. Uh, talk to me a little bit about how those team dynamics work in in being a small team mm -hmm. and each having some specialty, but also being able yeah. to cover for each other in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think. Um what what we try to do, I mean, like, that's not that's. I think every 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 team does that. Of course, we have our Monday morning uh, a touch base uh, <laughs> moments. Sure. But uh, I always try to uh, create a, a, a situation where we are allowed to talk about. Uh, oh, I have to do this thing this week, but I absolutely don't want to do it. I hate it. Uh, mm. And and uh, wow, so okay. <laughs> uh, that that you can be really open about things because we accept for a fact that. 60-70% of the time you like what you're doing and 30-40% of the time you just don't like it but you still have to do it. But the moment you acknowledge it, I think it becomes much easier. And I also operate with a lot of trust, right? So um, I start from a point of trust, like I trust you, I believe in you and I know you have the best interests for us and for the company, so please go ahead and do this for us. And I think when I do that, uh, people flourish and they feel the responsibility and you really appeal to the goodness in people by doing that. And for me so far, it has really, really worked. 
in the team. Part of the interview process too, I'm Mona Lisa, I know that because you're looking for people that think differently, that look at things differently, you ask maybe more non-traditional questions to understand a little bit more about what makes people tick. Can you tell me a little about that? Yeah. I'm interviewing all the time. People don't even know I'm interviewing them when I'm interviewing them. Wow, okay. <laughs> no, you know, Is that I'm happening always, right now? Yeah. I'm kind of scared. I yeah. know. I'm, I'm always counting for, for mm-hmm. people with, uh, who have certain qualities, who are multidisciplinary, who don't like being labeled as a scientist or a business developer. Or, so when I have interviews, when I'm hiring people, uh, I always ask them, so do you have some hidden talents? Do you draw, for example? Uh, what, what else? What are your hobbies? And when I ask, what are your hobbies? It's because I really want to know, can we put his interests uh, to the job as well and, and let them flourish in that? So, yeah, can you draw? Can you design? Do you like making uh, PowerPoint presentations? These <laughs> Who <will> be... <laughs> answers that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> no, so but, but that really, uh, for example, I have a, a colleague now uh, who's also a chemist, uh, but who likes programming and he said yeah in the evenings i just teach myself programming and it's okay can you uh maybe try to implement those things also in the work that you do and uh, as a result of that he has now automatized i don't know how many things for us uh in excel which ultimately saves time for us because anna doesn't program and i don't program either but i'm happy happy to use uh these, these yeah. programs that he's writing for us this is dream teams so and I, i would ask you Um, what does good leadership look like to you? Okay, so I would say that uh, someone is a good uh, leader if he has or she has the ability of um, transferring the knowledge and mentoring someone um, in a very unselfish way and trying to teach them the skills um, and knowledge uh, they, they gained over years, over experience, um, with the aim of, I would say, achieving the, the common goal. I think that's uh, how it is in our team. So uh, why I feel comfortable uh, around my mentor or my leader yeah. is that I now have the responsibility to sometimes um, to take a decision, to make a decision in a meeting. And uh, I feel confident and I feel um, I feel the, sometimes the vulnerability of maybe in that point and that time I cannot make this decision but I always know that I can go back to the drawing board and I can always have a meeting with uh, with my colleagues and discuss it and uh, uh, I don't have to feel ashamed or I can ask for help mm-hmm. and just I think asking for help is very very important um, to progress. Would you say also that you have a bit of uh, the freedom to fail? Yeah, I definitely have the freedom to fail. If I didn't have the freedom to fail, I wouldn't uh, succeed in the end. Mona Lisa, I would ask you the same question. Yeah, yeah. no, I mean, that's also like you transition from one day uh, being an entrepreneur to the next day being the leader of a team. And you really ask yourself, what kind of a leader do you want to be? And um, I think for me, what's most important is that people in my team uh, can be in their natural roles for majority of the time. So I don't try to change their DNA and, and make them fit into a role that doesn't really fit them. And uh, in, in that sense, putting a lot of trust uh, in, in the people. And indeed, uh, what Anna just said, uh, transferring the skills. So I can imagine a day where I'm not there, the company will just run, you know, that it's not uh, it's not dependent on my critical presence. And, and if I've done that, then I think uh, I've done my job well. So much like the Avengers, <laughs> <laughs> at some point you will each have your own yes. movie, your own. Yeah. You can each each run yeah. on your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, we are, I, it did go fast, right? So we're all, we're running towards the end. First of all, thank you both very much. But I did want to ask you a little bit about uh, what are some of the biggest challenges that you that you faced so far? I'll start with you, Anna. Um, and what, how did you overcome those? What was it? The team dynamics? Was it your own personal drive? What were some of the things that you overcame there? Okay, so there's there was definitely one big challenge that I had in the beginning, and that's the fact that I'm trained as a chemist, I'm trained mm-hmm. as a researcher, and no one ever taught me how to speak to people, how to have those soft skills, I would say, that you mm-hmm. need in a yeah, business. Absolutely. And then when I graduated, and uh, I just found myself in situations where I'm in a meeting with people who are 20 years older than me, and <laughs> I have to sell something to them, you know? So that was a big challenge for me, but I think um, working with Mona Lisa and uh, just learning from her and from the experience and feeling also that she trusts me um, made me overcome that fear very fast. Great. Uh, Mo- Mona Lisa, that, that quite yeah. an endorsement. I would love Thank to hear you. now uh, <laughs> a little bit some of the challenges that the, you faced and, and how you overcame those as well. Um yeah, as far as work challenges, you know, the, the, the typical ones, like sure. you are young, you are a woman, you walk into a room, you really have to do, make sure people notice you, uh, that, that they hear you. You have to make sure you get the chance to say what you have to say. Uh, but I think the, the personal challenges uh, are the ones that stick out the most uh, because you switch from being uh, a scientist uh, to an uh, entrepreneur and uh, you make that switch almost overnight. And uh, you suddenly have to figure out how to run a business and it's all on the go, right? So it's, you're like, you're doing an MBA uh, while you are uh, running a company. It, 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 that's, that's uh, incredibly challenging, but also incredibly, incredibly rewarding. And I, ha- I wouldn't have it any other way, but just learning it just like that, how to run a company, you know, yeah. and now I know it, but yeah. The, the first year was uh, super challenging. I can imagine all the different intricacies, all the different yeah. things that you've got to learn. Uh, that's that's amazing. Yeah. Thank you again. This was this Thank was excellent. You. I Thank really you. appreciate <laughs> you both uh, coming here and, and sharing your experience. And uh, also thank you for all the people that are listening, wherever you consume podcasts on your bike or whatever. So also, I know that we're neighbors. We are, yes. We're neighbors. Um, So if you see me riding my bike awkwardly down the street, uh, be sure to wave. Thank you both. Thank you so much, Travis. Thanks for having us. Next time on Dream Teams. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure and join us next time when we talk to some other PwC folks around bursting bubbles. We'll explain more, but it's really about creating communities. It's about formatting connections. It's about getting outside of your comfort zone. PwC shares a passionate community of solvers, creating new solutions for a new day. That's the new equation. That's the new equation. If you have thoughts or ideas, please share them with us.